Well, hello there, Pudding People. Uh, we're back. Yes, we are. Newer, meaner, brighter, and hopefully more cognizant and aware of our surroundings. It's probably not. No, no, it's too late for that to be the case. But we are definitely here, and we're with you and ready to share our feelings and our views on a, on a slightly different subject than what we've gone over before. We've done an interview so far that we've given uh, to you with a very interesting individual. We've done some movie reviews. We've talked about some music, and we're going to go kind of back to music, but we like to challenge ourselves a little bit, and we wanted to uh, give ourselves something we hadn't listened to before, but that each one of us individually loved and wanted to know what the other person thought. Yeah, in our discussion about some of our favorite albums, uh, which was in the which was in the, the the grunge era, you know, focusing mainly on the early '90s, we uh, we touched upon a few albums. We touched upon a few artists in there that I think each of us kind of liked, and it just so happens that we wanted to give a suggestion to the other one, like, "Hey, I know you don't listen to this band. Um, I like this band. Here's an album that I think might be more palatable for you to." listen to. Uh, so let's listen to it and then see what our thoughts are in comparing or just just straight up listening to that music or maybe even comparing it to our other favorite artists that we have. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a really a fun thing as as anybody uh lives and ages it's it's said that we become more uh, calcified in in our thought processes and what we're willing to uh, be exposed to and, and like, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I've heard that too. That as you get older, your musical tastes don't necessarily expand. Or when you were growing up, your favorite set of music, your your what you're more in tune to, what you're more accustomed to listening to, what you want to listen to, is kind of formed in your younger years. And as you grow older. You're trying to still compare everything to what your favorite music was when you were in that certain age range. So, in a sense, nothing compares to it, but then again, everything does. Yeah, definitely so. Now, before we get too deep into this, we just want to mention very briefly, if you have not already been to our website, everybodylovespudding.com, please feel free to drop by. We have a, a variety of episodes for you to listen to. If you haven't listened to them, we have a forums for you to discuss current episodes or topics that you may find interesting. We have uh, news of upcoming events that will be placed in there for knowing what's going to happen. And coming very soon, we will also have a Facebook and Twitter account that you will be able to follow and share with your friends and explain to them why this is a wonderful idea and we should be, you know, followed regularly. And there's a picture of us and I am looking real good. And I am not. So, so that is just fine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, newly created, you can smell the packaging material on the website when you go to the, it. The ozone from all of the, the hard digital work that was put into this. Yes, and not by me. So, my CD that I wanted uh, Richard to listen to was by a band that I, that I uh, found out about towards the end of my high school career, the beginning of my college career, and who I happen to love quite a bit by the name of Candlebox. And Richard wanted me to listen to one of the best artists of all time, 
Um, then why'd you give me the CD that you gave me? Uh, I, I just thought it'd be magic. <laughs> so my my choice, um, I discovered, and we were chatting about this a little earlier. Um, I discovered in a video. So everybody, I, I, well, maybe the folks listening to this know what Beavis and Butthead is. Amazing TV show, but in between the little snippets of episodes, they would have um, them just being stupid, talking to each other over videos for uh, songs. For the younger uh, listeners, that was the entire show for the most part. It's an amazing show. But one of the uh, episodes I saw had a, a Guar little little talk over to, and I just thought Guar was amazing. Like. A few times when you listen to music and it just hooks you for some reason on that one, I was hooked. So after that, I just started gobbling up Guar albums. So the one I chose for Ken today was the Guar album with the title of Ragnarok. Um, A good start. Excellent title. Excellent title. Um, It's been my username for pretty much everything since the late 90s. Um, Not that this is the best album. Um, not that this is necessarily my favorite album. I just felt that this one might be the most palatable, let's call it. And then also, it was the album that is even, like, if you listen to reviews or look at reviews for the Guar anthology, which is just a ridiculous amount of albums, way too many, um, this is not one of the most well-received albums either. But for me, I can sing... And know the music to like the whole singing thing. Well, it seems to make sense to try and do something like that. Like if I was going to be talking to somebody about Metallica and trying to get them into listening to Metallica, I definitely wouldn't choose Saint Anger or Kill 'Em All as the first album to listen to. It's just not if you're if you're really new into this, and especially if you're not into heavy metal, that's just not the one that you want to start with. You want to go with a more accessible, like a Black Album or or uh, Master of Puppets, or maybe Injustice for All. Though you kind of want to leave Injustice for All for later, so that they can see what perfection really is. But yeah. we'll get to that at some other point. Yeah, we probably should get to that at some other point. We I definitely imagine. should. Um, well, let's let's start with Richard. The the album specifically that I chose uh, by Candlebox for for him to listen to is uh, very originally named uh, after the band. So really, uh, uh, it's uh, was this was this their debut album? The it, well, kind of to, yeah. to like to a degree, f- to a degree, yeah. Um, and it was definitely their first successful album that they had a major label publication and uh and it, it put them on the map as yeah. it were they have one song that's on this album um i do believe the title of that song is far behind that if you heard this song if you were a fan of the music from this era at all and you heard nothing from candlebox ever and had no association with their name I guarantee you would have heard the song, and it would have been much more familiar to you. But, okay, so the album. In listening to this album, I think I get a lot of... This album is, to me, it's almost like it's two halves. It's the first half of the album and the second half of the album. This is a... Not a heavy metal. It's It's... It's a hard rock-ish kind of... It's more of a grunge-era 
album, let's call it, because it it fits right in, but it doesn't. It fits right in, but it doesn't fit. You know, it's it's hard for me to describe, but it's not your sound garden stone temple pilots sound um actually in listening to this album a couple times you can go in and um and a lot of the music subscription services will have a recommended for you mm-hmm. and some of the recommended for you's uh were uh, collective soul live there's a few other bands that were in there that once again have a recognizable sound recognizable songs and it's if you've not listened to Candlebox just to get an idea of what they are. It is a pretty typical, typical sound. I don't even know if I go no. I think the best description that I could give them is if you took kind of the popular grunge rock sound that was popular at the time and kind of tempered it with seventies rock and roll and blues influence. That's kind of what their sound was. Yeah, because it's not it's not pure grunge, but no. you get some influence from some other stuff in there. So, I, in going back to the halves on this, what I what I feel like in listening to this album is that the first half of the album, and and it, it maybe not how it was recorded, but maybe how the tracks were laid and composed, is that the first half has good songs on it, but it it's almost like these were the first ones that they wrote, and these were the first ones that they produced. And then they started getting the hang of things, and they made some adjustments, made some tweaks. So the overall sound, it sounds like this was, like, it's hard to describe. Like, it sounds, like the first half of the album sounds like it was them getting their feet wet with everything, and the second half is more polished. The first half songs are good. The second half songs are better. And there's a good mix between the songs. There's definitely your like rockier songs and your heavier songs. And then there's definitely um, more mellow songs. And there's some that have a mix of those in there as well. So it's definitely, definitely it's definitely a good listen, I would say. Well, that's that's uh, definitely a, a good start here. I, when, one of the things that I liked uh, liked about it is, and when you're talking about polish, that's something that I always really enjoyed. And during the grunge period, so many of the bands, well, what what we really want is we want to sound more raw and more more unrefined. And as much as I liked a lot of the things they were doing musically, that was kind of the one thing I didn't like. I, I want it to sound polished. I want it to sound like you are playing instruments that cost more than $20 to buy in the first place. Uh, and it, it felt to me when, when I listened to Candlebox, like, oh, these guys can actually not just play, but they can, you know, they can definitely get that get that really slick sound when they want it to be there. And they have a handful of songs where, you know, I'm Mark for certain things in, 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 in music. And specifically I like songs that build to a crescendo and they've got a couple that kind of do that, but I especially love, uh, people that write music where there's timing changes and where there's temp, uh, tempo and feeling and key changes and all, you know, where it feels like it, rather than I'm just repeating the same thing for the, for three minutes, you know, verse, you know, verse hook, verse hook, bridge hook. Yeah. And I got that out of a couple of the, the songs for sure. And I, I just, when I listened to it, 
and I felt like, oh, like if something caught my attention for a reason, I'd scribble it down and make a note. And I I listened to it, like like I said, to make sure on this when we're recording this that I listened to it a couple times. I didn't just give it a tertiary listen to that I listened to. I wanted to pay attention to it. But really, it was the notes I got here are all almost just like the second half. Like those are the ones that caught my attention. Um, like I said, far behind. That's the one that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. There's one. Um, uh, the name of the song is Arrow, mm-hmm. and Arrow has like a good. I'm more of a fan of like the heavier rock sounds and the heavier metal, but like not, not death metal, although. Like like an eight or a nine on the one to ten scale, yes. where you like to hang out. Yep, yep. Um, but that that song had that feel that caught my attention. That's why I like that one. And then the other one that I have here is uh, Rain, and Rain kind of is the mix of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. where it has kind of that that slow, not slow, but it's got like kind of a jazz guitar. Yeah, like a um, I don't want to say ballady, but like in a sense, you know, just where it's a, a mellow tone and you get like this good sense of the song and then it just changes, like the tone changes on that song and you get back into that heavier kind of feel in the yeah. second part, the second half of that song. And those were the those are the main songs that actually kind of stood out, the ones that I've kind of focused on and listening to it a couple times. Yeah, the ones that really got played back when they released this. Uh, the first track, Don't You, the second track, Change, and then, um, uh, as you said, uh, the other track that everybody would know when they listened to. Those were kind of the three that really got the play, but I'm sure that you're the same way that I am. Whenever I listen to something, it's almost never the songs that are released that I think are the best off of the album. It's usually some other little gem or hidden nugget. And and maybe it's me, but a lot of the albums that I listen to that have that, it's like song nine or ten. Yep. In fact, that same thing happened on this album, song nine. Favorite one on there. Yeah. Why is it nine or ten? I don't know. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe they've got a plan. But it, it always seems to be. It doesn't matter the artist, the album, it's always nine or ten. So overall, you uh, tended to like it then? Yeah, yeah. It's not so. You had given a suggestion or in a discussion, like, "Hey, this is the album I want to listen to," but I like some of the other albums. Maybe better than this one. Maybe not better than this, but I like some of the other albums. Yeah. And I'm not. I, I I listened. I did listen to bits and pieces of the other albums, and they had a different vibe than this one all together for sure um but this one is right in that wheelhouse of that of the uh albums that we like to listen to right you know it's pretty funny if you if you heard that i'm going to apologize occasionally google likes to get into the conversation and it thinks that we are talking to it about our albums i promise it will keep quiet for the rest of our conversation Always wants to know what we're doing. <laughs> Always listening. <laughs> yeah, it can it can listen all at once. I, I it just amazes me. We didn't even say anything that could have possibly triggered it, but you know, eh, that keeps life interesting. No, but like Happy Pills, the the album they released after after Candlebox um, debuted. 
uh, like you're saying, it's it's not a complete shift in tone, but it's a significant change and uh, definitely more polish and more progression on what they're doing. And there's a couple really neat songs, and that they, they're they're still rocking today, still touring around and and doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that I I noticed is that. Um for all of our talk about all of our favorite bands from that era, none of them are really doing anything, but Candlebox still is. Yeah, I'm going to have to rectify the uh, the mistake that I made early on. I I was lucky enough to see a handful of my favorite bands from from back in the day, and I have unfortunately I'm going to miss several because the the gentlemen are uh, no longer with us, but. I definitely need to make sure I see Candlebox live while I still can. Because um, you never know. Bands change, and if nothing else, they just want to go in different directions and try new things. Yeah, I've, I've, I feel like I've seen a good... like I, One of my favorite bands is uh, Rage Against the Machine. Never got to see them. Um, Soundgarden is probably my favorite band. Never got to see them. But I did get to see Audio Slaves, so I feel like I kind of halfway saw them. You know? eh, same way, I I got to see Chris Cornell live, and that was uh, I'll, I'll take it my only front front row performance ever, and it was well worth it because he was fantastic. Um, all right, so all right, so you gave me Ragnarok to listen to uh, by Guar. Now I may have had a slightly harder time getting past certain things and part of it is predisposition to disliking certain things now it's definitely not disliking heavy rock because i love heavy rock Uh, i love uh, many heavy metal bands i tend to be happy anywhere between a two and a nine on that rock spectrum i'm i'm perfectly good however i have a very difficult time taking serious any band that wears prosthetics in the process of doing their performances. It makes me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the wrong kind of way. And it, 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 it's, it's almost like if, for those of us that are old enough to remember the uh, pizza place that uh, was, uh, what was the name of it? They had these animatronic uh Not Chuck E. Cheese. Shonies. Oh, Shonies. Uh, I believe it was Shonies. But they had a bear and a whole band, and oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. But. And that that is kind of where my brain goes when I when I every time I've seen them in their costumes. And so I, I had to try and bring that back a little bit to to give it a fair chance to to try and listen to. Now, in going through this, one of the things that um, uh, that uh, I kind of uh, admired, at least in my 13 year old brain the naming of the the album the naming of the songs they're all fairly witty or little plays on words or trying to be marginally offensive just to be offensive mm-hmm. and you know uh, uh, kudos i always kind of enjoy that i mean you know, i listen to bloodhound gang and and a variety of other uh bands that that's kind of their shtick in one form or another and it's just and it's just kind of fun now that being said <laughs> I go in trying to uh, trying to be as as uh, as uh, as open as possible. Listening to the first track, "Meat Sandwich," which um, I love the title, um, 
drums and the guitar, and it's just like, oh, this rocks. And uh, then the dude opens his mouth, and I'm almost just immediately done. Odorous, rest in peace. Oh my word, uh, I could not stand his voice. I mean, we, we've talked about certain certain bands before, like uh, in our conversations uh, uh, outside the area. Uh, I talked about personally not liking Megadeth all that much because Mustaine's voice just. It was like nails on a chalkboard for a very, very long time, and it wasn't until I got older and listened to it more. I go, you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking. His voice is fine; it works really well with the type of music that he's doing. So I'm trying to keep that in mind as I'm listening to this, and I, I can't get past it. I'm not pausing it. I'm not skipping anything, but it's just like, oh, I'd really like you to be quiet now. Just just let me listen to the guitar and let me listen to the drum. Uh, and then it seems like it's not in tune in multiple spots. It just it, it, It's like a discordant resonance that just I, I couldn't get past it. Um, and then the song also just wouldn't end. It's too long. It's it's way too long. So I'm I'm trying. It's like oh, next song, next song. Well, see, that's uh, actually that's one of the things that I think is kind of interesting about that album because there are 14 songs on it, and the running time is 47 minutes. I know. So each of the songs are like three minutes long. It's There's all like, in my perspective. It's yep. just in my mind. It's like God, oh, just be over, be They're over. Just real short. So. And I and I and I and I get that too. The the thing about these songs, and it's hard to impress upon someone when the the lyrics not maybe not even the lyrics so much, but like the actual vocal track is the distraction because that's what you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to the music, and it's maybe it's the fanboy in me, but like. These guys can play. They can, play. They can shred. They yes. are really, really, really good artists, and people don't get that and see that. Uh, if you, if you, and I've never seen them live, so I, I can't be a true fan if I've never had like fake blood sprayed on me because I've never seen them live. But, I bet that's that's part of the allure too. I mean, yeah. a lot of bands. It's really a lot better when you're there listening to it, and I bet they're one of those bands. And the the thing about it is, if you when you talk about those costumes and the getup that they put on for every single show, now imagine shredding in that thirty pound costume, <laughs> 150 degrees. <laughs> yeah, and they just keep it up. Like the one the one guy like walks around basically on hooves. Right yeah. on little six-inch stilts that are shaped like hooves, and he has a gigantic mask over his like a helmet. Let's call it. Over, it looks like a bear trap on his head. Bear trap with horns, mm. and that's the dude that's playing your guitar in every single song that's on there. And it's just you. You think about that, like, uh, yeah, he's probably. Like you, you can you imagine doing the things that you do on a daily basis for work, but dressed in a ridiculous outfit and then just totally tearing it up? I have a little bit more appreciation for what they do and Definitely. how long they've been doing it. But as far as the actual music goes, like I said, I being the fanboy of them, I just the the the, the I I totally understand why the vocal track would be distracting to everybody that listens to it. But for me, uh, doesn't bother me at all. 
Yeah, and, well, and, I, and it seems like a natural progression. It's just kind of work. I mean, you get back to the days of Kiss with the face paint, and you know, Slipknot has the masks, and you know, there's 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 plenty of bands that go with that kind of visual element to it. And I definitely, like I said, I I get it, and and I definitely can appreciate it on, you know. Uh, a cognitive level, yeah. maybe not an emotional one, but you know, I'm, I'm, I try and give another chance. New plague starts up. Okay, I'm going to give another chance. Baseline, excellent. Drums, wonderful. Voice, not as bad. Yeah. In, in new in new plague, um, and actually, of all the tracks, that's probably the one I liked the best. Um, but and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to. I'm going to give them another. It's getting better. Maybe the whole thing will go that. War Ghoul starts up. Drums are fantastic on War Ghoul. Uh, the effects that they use on the instruments are really interesting and everything. And then, again, he starts singing, and it just kind of ruins the whole thing. Um, uh, but they did, a, they did the thing that I mark out for in that song, too. They got the timing shift, <laughs> which, mm. which I love. It's like, okay, uh, it's good enough for that anyway. But I mean, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was really, really that. My, my notes started really deep, and they get getting more short. Oh, it's like God, he's singing again. God, he's singing again. Um, now he doesn't. He doesn't sing in all of their songs. No, no. Uh, and there's a, a woman that he gets to to do harmony. If you can call it that, Sly Menstra <laughs> is her name. Is that what her name is? Yeah. And the well, one she's—that's not her whole name, but the, I'll leave the last half off. Oh, well, that's probably probably just as well. But the the ones that she is in, it tends to do better. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think that. I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word that they're the the words that their voices blend well, but they play well off each other. They play well off of each other. Yeah, she's she's not in many of the albums but you're right she does offer a a good contrast let's call it now one thing that you were kind of talking about uh, talking about contrast contrasting the two albums you were saying that you didn't feel that the Candlebox uh, album was really a cohesive unit that it kind of felt like it started to become that later but wasn't really that in the beginning and I think Ragnarok's completely the opposite I think the whole album's definitely very cohesive and it's even if even if I can't really stand the vocals for the most part, it's consistent and it presents a kind of a unified concept throughout for the most part, which was which was really nice. Yeah, they back in the day when these albums were out, they had these albums, even though you, you can't really tell it, tell a story and the stories they made really bad videos on hour-long movies and they put them on i had i had a bunch of them on vhs and they had one for this one like their their enemy in this one is um oh gosh what's his name um oh i can't remember anyway so like there's a they have one enemy that's kind of the theme in some of these songs and he's the uh he's like the the, the the preacher church person mm-hmm. in that's ruling this one. Like there's another one where there's killer android penguins, and there's another <laughs> one where there's um, well, one of my favorite albums. The enemy is basically a creature that's after a 
certain material that has a really interesting name to it, which we'll uh, I'm, I'm sure over later. But uh, so a lot of oh, middle, you're saying a lot of middle school humor. Yes, like the the bad guy in this is his name is Cardinal Sin. <laughs> but when you watch the video, they explain. Because you know, like Guar's the bad guys and Cardinal Sin's the good guys type thing, and it's like it's it's funny. Yeah, it's really really cheesy, but it, it but it's funny. Cheesy can be good, and I you know I, I have a feeling that if I had that kind of video element to it, it would be easier to get behind the music more because uh, it, it it's it's gives something else to distract to to kind of distract from the things that uh you would normally not like as much. Yeah. Yeah, and and then just in listening to the like the tracks that are on here I it it's just funny because in these earlier albums like this one we mentioned uh slime extras in them uh the one that's in here and think you ought to know this is kind of almost like there's really bad rap that's in it. That's that's their manager doing the vocals in there. Sleazy P. Martini is his name. <laughs> so there's a good mix of different uh, song styles in here. I like Knife in Your Guts um, because it's more of that heavier, just like real quick sound. Same thing with Martyr Dumb as the name of the song. And then at the end, there's a couple of them, a couple songs that are just different like the last song none but the brave is not like really any of the other songs that are on the on the album so it, it's just i don't know it but going back to well um, and martyrdom he actually almost sings on that one and that's track number nine by the way <laughs> uh, that was one of my notes that i put in. oh what those are notes he's yeah. trying to sing notes trying to trying to present a good <laughs> face with that one but yeah, I'm, I, like I said, I'm a sucker for this one. Um, when in listening to it again, because I knew we were going to be talking about it, it's just like you get, you get, for me, you just get sucked in, and I know, you, like you, you know, you think you know anyway, you know, and you make up your own lyrics anyway. But like you sing along, you know, like where the drums hit, you know how the guitar changes, and it's like when you when you're in that type of groove with those albums, it's just like it just resonates with you because like ah, I love this album, I love listening to this album. For me, in the Guar Library, that's that's one of this is one of them that I can just listen to over and over again. I'll always give things another chance, and I'll probably listen to another Guar album at some point and uh, try and try and make sure that it wasn't just my initial biases getting in the way of my enjoyment. But uh, yeah, the earlier ones are the better one. The one before this one is "This Toilet Earth." That's a good one right there too. Uh, so I'd say that was a pretty good uh, a pretty good experiment as you were yeah i have some ideas too on on other albums um and i think we should do this every now and again and and throw out some other ones because you have some artists that you enjoy that i don't listen to and then vice versa i think we're going to throw in a wrinkle the next time we do it so we did this just with ourselves before but the next time we do it we're going to in advance say which album it is that we are going to listen to before we record the episode and we will give a chance for all of you to make any comments that you wish related to those albums and what you thought if you've never listened to it or if it's your favorite album in our commentary section on the website 
and and the thing about it is like I have a favorite artist and I have a favorite album a few of them within that artist but I don't know if that album is once again the most palatable hmm. and that's that's the thing like I want to to give you the album that has the best songs on it or do I want to do the one that I think you might enjoy more? So that's like that's the the trap that's right there. I guess you could say. Yeah, well, it, it's worth it. You always got to try and give a good starting point. But uh, so we're gonna we're definitely gonna try this again. We're also going to be doing this with a movie. We've sort of halfway started. We traded movies, and he has watched uh, the movie that I gave him, and I have not watched the movie that he gave me but i will and then we will go over that too and mm-hmm. have some have some fun there yeah absolutely and those movies aren't anything outrageous at all no but we want to keep this one fun short sweet just share something new and be thankful that you joined us with uh with our di- dissection and uh absorption of some music that we hadn't heard before yeah absolutely um thanks for hanging out with uh, with us and We'll have more, for sure. Uh-huh. That that rhymed. I'm 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 happy. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. See you soon. <laughs>